right, welcome back or welcome to Ted and Yogi's Pac-12 Adventure, joined by Michael Marnari, our producer. Uh, Ted, you are in New York City this time. You were in the Olympics last time. You got the U.S. Open. We got a game this week. We had a lot going on. Thanks we got for two games. For joining. Yeah, we got two games. Uh, today, of course, is presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Uh, looking forward to diving into all things Pac-12 football. So, Ted, first and foremost, man, how you doing? You got a lot to balance this week. Yeah, it's a crazy time of year, and for a long, long time, I, some folks know I did the U.S. Open for 22 years in primetime on USA Network, and it was always during baseball season, so I was juggling that, and now I haven't been at the U.S. Open very much in recent years, but I wanted to do this one year because they have fans. It's a full-on boat. Uh, juggling two football games in the middle is interesting. I have a five-hour flight to Phoenix Thursday morning. I have a nice, comfortable seat. And I'll have all my work in front of me. I'll have Sam's charts there, and I'll be fully prepped. But I want to just say one thing to both of you guys, because it's really true. I was in Cincinnati doing tennis two weeks ago. Uh, and Cincinnati is a regional, the tennis component, it's a regional event. People come from all over the East and Midwest to come to this. My point is they, they had full fans, and I can't tell you how appreciative the fans were to be there, to reach out and touch people, to come up to me actually and say, gosh, we're watching you or listening. It's great to be here and, and seeing the events and seeing the players live. I really think, and I'm looking forward to us feeling the same thing Thursday night when we're in Tempe and Saturday at the Collie in LA. Amen. Michael, all right, here we are. You, you did NBA, you've done other events, but you're gearing up for your first Pac-12 football game on site in over a year, man. Well, I got to join you and our director, Scott Barkey, over at USC's practice last week. And uh, I'll tell you, when the offensive line, we're standing right on the field and they run kind of right over you, essentially, you realize how big those guys are. You don't realize <laughs> it's sitting up in the booth or in the truck, but man, they are gigantic specimens. And then the other thing that was hilarious to me, you, me, Scott, we're all getting up there a little bit. We stood for two hours and 20 minutes in the practice center. We all were like, oh, I got to sit down. My back, it's killing me. So we can stand and watch the practice. <laughs> totally. But totally. I'm psyched. Been... I'm really psyched. Yeah, we, we all are. It's been a fun training camp. Um, we've all gotten to go places. You referenced SC. Ted, uh, you and I have been to San Jose State. Of course, we've seen Stanford. Uh, got to both Arizona schools. There's, there's a lot to talk about, and we had a game. We had a week zero game. You guys know we've been bullish on UCLA and the rebuild on this podcast on all of our platforms, and they went 44-10 to 10 over Todd Graham, former ASU head coach, now at Hawaii. They've got a legit quarterback. They went to a bowl last year. It's not like this was a team that went 1-11 a year ago. Uh, I thought UCLA looked really impressive. I'm curious your guys' uh, first two takeaways of the Bruins. Well, I, th I think the first thing is that the game, because it was week zero and it was in an, a, a prime afternoon slot for much of the country, early afternoon for us on the West Coast. And so there was pretty hot in the Rose Bowl. But the point was it had attention. It had a lot of focus. So for UCLA to win, to get Chip Kelly that non-conference win, but to do it on a day one, it got a lot of attention. And I've been really impressed in the 48 hours since to see how much national reaction there was to what UCLA did. And that's credibility that the program needs and to me the other thing michael you saw this too i mean dorian thompson robinson who we know missed somewhere between seven and ten days right undisclosed reasons you could see that watching him. he wasn't sharp and they still crushed their opponent um, the other thing i would say very quickly 
we all know Chip. I spent some time with Chip in the NFL too, and I know this about Chip. Despite the perception of Chip Kelly, the real Chip Kelly wants to run the ball. And I can't tell you how many times I heard him say that to me. He's about running the ball. The famous game that we did, Yogi, in Oregon, when Akella Witherspoon picked off the fade in the end zone to win a huge game for Colorado that year, I saw Chip Kelly the next day. And he came up to me and he goes, should have run. Oh. <laughs> that's what he said. And he loves Mark Helfrich. It wasn't a shot. It was just that's way Chip thinks. So the point being to see them run the ball, not just run, but destroy their opponent with the run game. That was huge. Uh, Zach Sarbanay, three touchdowns over 100 yards. And uh, you mentioned Chip. I, I was a fledgling producer back in the day. And one of my first interviews on the road was with Chip at Oregon. And he was not a long answer guy. But um, <laughs> so I was a little nervous. But I think because it was a Monday instead of a Friday, I went a little better. But one thing I always remember from that interview, he goes, if the play works, I'm going to keep running it. I don't know why people, when the play works, you don't keep running it. And not only do they keep running the play, but they kept running it. And it was effective. And, you know, oh, DTR. Yeah, he didn't look great, but he didn't need to look great. You know, he's got to look great next, this coming week. And hopefully he will. And it'll be, it could be a huge win for them next week. Yeah, and you mentioned Zach Charbonnet. He did all that on six carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns. It's pretty impressive. Uh, when I was there for camp and for spring ball, Chip pulled me aside. He goes, this guy's going to be one of the best backs I've ever coached. And you could tell. And I felt it in the game, no slight to Hawaii, because I've seen it in practice. Guys don't want to tackle him. When he's coming downhill, this is a big back. This is a thick, big back who's seeking out physicality. That's a big mantra on this team is to be the more physical group. They return all the starters. And, and I was texting with, uh, and I'm not trying to name drop, but I was texting with Herb Street on Saturday in the game because he was on game day and he called out, hey, UCLA is going to be his pick to win the Pac-12 South. We all know that UCLA got one vote in the Pac-12 South, regardless of where it came from. <laughs> uh, no, and, and I'm not Yogi, everybody, own. Yogi. Um, he sees the build. And it was really interesting that Herb Street says it, and all of a sudden, the national narrative shifts after the first 21 plays where UCLA scores 24 points. And I just think that that's the world we're in. But I, I was appreciative of him, you know, saying that. I was texting him as the game went on, like, this team is physical, man. If they don't make mistakes, and to Michael's point, if Dorian plays well, they're going to be in this game against LSU late with a chance to win it, not just to hang on. And I think the best thing that happened to the Bruins is Dorian not playing well. Cause he's going to feel it all week. He felt it after the game in his press conference. He felt it on social media. He's feeling it at practice. Now I expect him to come out and play one of the better games of his career. I'm curious, you guys, you're talking about Charbonnet. We all saw this. And the, the one play in particular, the one touchdown run where he ran through and over about five defenders. And so I'm thinking, you know, we think of chip and Oregon and you think of Michael James or D Anthony Thomas, you think of the smaller speed, incredible speed. And you forget LeGarrette Blunt. And remember yeah. how Chip had to literally address a LeGarrette Blunt discipline scenario after the very first game of Chip's head coaching tenure. But LeGarrette Blunt became a heck of a weapon for those Oregon teams. Could Charbonnet be, you know, maybe not an identical, but is it that kind of a back for UCLA? I think he is. It's a really good comp. The th and the thing that's great about Charbonnet is that Britton Brown is a compliment to him as a big back. So it's not like he's the only big back that can get the carries like LeGarrette Blount was. So I think you're going to see fresh backfield 
for UCLA, man. And, and if they can get three explosives a game, you saw what they did when they got it to Kaz Allen for, I think it was 44 yard touchdown, right? They can create some of those in the passing game. They'll be challenged. They're going to see the best corner they might face all season long. LSU has that instinctively. So I, I look forward to, to, to watching this one. I, I wonder what your thought is on this. Like, is it, if they win, like, what do you think it does? Because we have them the next week or their next game. They have a bye and then they host Fresno State. What do you think it does to the UCLA football fan base if they beat LSU at home? Yeah. I mean, hopefully energizes them, right? I mean, that's yeah. – and, and I know the other narrative, and it's just low-hanging fruit, was – and it, it played out on social – was the, the lack of fans at the Rose Bowl. And, of course, the context doesn't exist on social. So it's 95 degrees – uh, school hasn't started yet. It's in the Rose Bowl. It's, the, you know, we understand the challenge. UCLA, until they can really, I, I'm, I'm going to say this for my own vibe, but we've been there a lot for, for games. Um, until they can find a, a, re, a resolution to have a stadium closer to campus, closer to Westwood, they're always going to struggle. It's just a long way to go on a Saturday to go to, to, to Pasadena from Westwood or wherever UCLA students are in Southern California. It's a long way. It's tough. And now you throw in 95 degrees, blistering sun and zero shade in the Rose Bowl. That's a, I just think that's a tough ask. Well, I'll counter with being in LA. LA is a bandwagon town and they win against LSU. There's going to be fannies in the seats at the Rose Bowl oh, yeah. for Fresno State. And I think people will jump on board. They've been wanting to jump on board since Chip Kelly's been hired. And now if they can have a reason to, I mean, remember, remember what UCLA basketball when they had it going like four or five years ago, that place was packed. Like if you win and you provide an entertaining winning product, people in LA will go out to see it. And I I think, I think they win. The Rose bowl is going to get mighty full, mighty quick. Amen to that. All right. So before we hit our next topic, I want to tell you a little bit about our partners at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, it is the time to do it now. They're going to offer a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. They got a new rush pay instant approval. And withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, more reliable than ever before. So with football season kicking off, Get in on the action, betrivers.com today, or just download the BetRivers iOS app. Of course, you need to be 21 years or older. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER there to support you in all of your needs. All right, supporting all of their teams and all their needs is QB1. And when we talk about this league in QB1, we're calling Arizona State on Thursday, SC Saturday. We know QB1. They've been QB1 since they were a freshman or they were thrust into the action like Keaton Slovis or won the job like Jaden Daniels. There's some teams that haven't figured it out just yet. So th- those two, uh, in my eyes, are Oregon State and Wazoo. We're going to get to them in a second. But Ted and Mike, I want to kind of bounce off a couple teams from you. And when you think of the name I'm going to say, which will be their quarterback, I want you to give me like a sentence that kind of immediately comes to mind. So, Ted, I'll go to you because we're calling it on Thursday. You hear Jaden Daniels. First thought is what? All right. Um, experience. Uh, command command of what their offense wants and multi-threat, right? B2 arm and B2 legs. And no, and and as he matures, which I, I think everybody at Arizona State is hopeful this year and understanding when to use those weapons, right? Uh, we, we were there uh, about a week ago and talking with Herm Edwards about this very thing that he's preached to Jaden since day one. Know how much you can get and then get the <laughs> heck out or down, yes. you know, 
no heroism here. But the point is that's I, I think Jaden Daniels has the chance to really this year be the standout. I know you're a, a very strong DTR guy, UCLA. Understood. Jaden Daniels has a chance this year to really emerge. If he completely conquers that balance of knowing when to use his arm, when to play pocket, and then when it's effective to get out, and can you get out and keep plays alive, not just get out, tuck it, and run. Yeah, I'd agree. I think he's got a chance to be really special this year and make a lot of noise uh, in his third year, which where he will also graduate, by the way. Uh, so three years and out, I know, was a vision when he got there. We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, Keaton Slovis, Saturday, Michael. We've got him. We watched him at practice. What are your thoughts when you hear the name? It appears, I mean, it was a question of confidence, right? So confidence question mark. That was sort of the narrative on him going in. And from what we saw at practice and what we've heard from the coaches, I, I think I think he's got his confidence back. And I think that's all he needs. We know he has the tools. We've seen that. So can he get his mind right and get out there and deliver? And I think I think from what we've seen so far, we're going to see the Keaton Slows from two seasons ago. Yeah, I cannot wait to watch him not just play, but play against Cade Hall, Defensive Player of the Year in the Mountain West last year at defensive end. Kyle Harmon, former Cal linebacker, who is just a tackling machine. I mean, this front seven is really talented. It's not a CFP-level front seven, but – it's one of the better front sevens that USC, I think, is going to play with an O-line that has questions. So I can't wait to watch that. Okay, so uh, just some news. Uh, of course, Chase Garbers, he's the starter again at Cal. We know that. Anthony Brown gets named the starter at Oregon. That's a huge storyline. Uh, but I look at a couple other ones that really come to mind for me. Charlie Brewer, he wins the job. Cam Rising is named the captain. Utah does this a lot. Captain sometimes is the starter, sometimes isn't. We saw it with Troy Williams, captain, Tyler Huntley was the starter. We saw it uh, last year, Cam Rising was the starter. Uh, they had a transfer in Jake Bentley, who was the captain. So you can't really ever pick and choose what's going on regarding who's the captain, who's the starter. I say that because it, to me, it says there's a really healthy quarterback room. If you can go do that, and it's not uh, guys being negative towards one another or detracting or demeaning, I really feel that that's a healthy room. They're on our network on Thursday night. Brennan Lewis, he'll play on Friday. He'll make his debut at Colorado. Dynamic athlete coming out of Texas. Uh, and now we get into the debate. So Arizona, we're going to get them in week two. Gunner Cruz, Will Plummer. Ted, two-quarterback system. Jetfish still said nobody's really separated themselves. We were down there uh, last weekend. What do you think about Jed and his opening game against BYU with two quarterbacks? Well, that's, you know, look, there's some of this we think and we suspect. Certainly, I'm old enough to be very suspicious at times that this is the, the mystery thing, you know, to shroud your opponent first time, no tape. So you have Arizona doing it saying, we're going to play two David Shaw and Stanford saying I may well play two against Kansas state. And uh, uh, the other one we don't know is Washington state where Nick Rolovich has not yet decided, or at least declared he may, but he hasn't as we're speaking. So you know, the long running football truism is if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. <laughs> now, I don't know how both of you guys feel about that. I certainly would say, I know there've been some cases in college where it has worked. It does not work in the pros. And that's probably the influence I'm feeling in my head is that pro mindset where it gets hammered in that doesn't work. What do you think, Yogi, can it work in college? Well, I think it's, it's all situationally based. So for Jed Fish, this is a young program. Neither one of those quarterbacks, after watching them in practice, where I said, 
whoa, it's 100% Gunner. It's 100% Will. Gunner had some wow plays in their scrimmage, by the way, in front of 8,500 students. It was amazing. Uh, Will Plummer was really consistent. Does either one of them really separate? I don't think so. They don't even know who they are as a program yet. I think it's healthy to let the competition play out in year one. Stanford, different conversation. Jack West has been there for a long time. He's the steady force. Tanner McKee, I think he, I've said it many times. I think he's the face of the league next year. I project him to be the starter, but if he hasn't overtaken it, then that says, well, Jack must be doing something really well for David Shaw to not make a decision. So in that scenario, I kind of trust David. Okay, if you think you can ride with those two guys, uh, away we go. Uh, so, so that's going to be interesting. Washington State, Jarek Warantano, right? Is it the sophomore now? They had the freshman last year, right? Obviously, talented player who was in a little bit of trouble. Uh, Jaden Delora, who's now back. We'll see what they do. Oregon State, Tristan Jebbia, Sam Neuer, second team all-conference last yep. year. Uh, and UW, of course, Dylan Morris, he's going to be the guy there. He wins that job. So I, I think all the scenarios are a little in interesting and a little bit different. And I don't have a problem with them right now with where we are. I'm curious to see how it shakes out in a game. So it, let me circle back, Yogi, real quick, Michael. I'm sorry. Uh, real quick to where you started this Utah. Because mm -hmm. now Kyle Whittingham, who has run a program, we know, I think we all are admirers. I know how much a lot of the NFL people admire the way Kyle runs his program. He's declared the starter. And he has, obviously, to, re to have the quarterback situation. They had the tragic need to replace their running back to have a playmaker. Is it going to be TJ Pledger, the Oklahoma transfer? Is that going to be the guy? But my, my reason for bringing this up is they're going to play their first game on our network right ahead of the game we have at Arizona State. Weber State has for years been a really good FCS program. That, that probably not a, a, a rollover game either. So let's go to what Herm Edwards Yogi said to us on the field last week in Tempe. He said it in suppressors too. Need to score points. Need yeah. to score points. That's the summary of it. And to me, that's where Utah's been for a few years now. It's what they haven't been able to do consistently enough to get over the hump and win the biggest games in this conference is to score points. So a guy with great experience from Baylor in the quarterback and an Oklahoma transfer running back, you know, that's to me what the most fascinating part to me about watching Utah, to those guys give themselves three explosive plays a game that you were talking about. To, to your point, Ted, nice to get a guy to come in to be your quarterback who's thrown over 9,700 yards yes. and 65 <laughs> touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, let's put him in. So I, I think maybe Utah might have the scoring problem solution with Charlie Brewer. We'll yeah. find out. Yeah, I just interviewed uh, Britton Covey uh, the other day. Um, I got this new show on the Pac-12 Network. It's called The It Factory, where you kind of take the helmet off of players. So I dove into Britton, and I asked him about the quarterbacks in this offense. And what he shared is that they're going to spread it out, right? Like, and they're going to, they're, they've always said, whatever the quarterback is, we're going to mold the offense around him. Charlie Brewer, for those 65 touchdowns, I don't think one of them was ever under center, right? Like he's a spread guy. He's a gun guy. So what do they do, right? To your point of Pledger and the mentality of Kyle to what Coach Saban and Herm and so many coaches have said, we got to score points. Like I'm probably most intrigued with their offense and Washington's in terms of what are we going to see? And, and maybe Oregon, I throw them in there because we didn't really see a lot of Anthony Brown last year. Yeah. But if they can score, I think this team's got every opportunity because of their schedule, who they have at home, to, to go ahead and, and take a big run at the well, South. And guess what? You know UCLA is going to score points, yeah. right? We know that USC likely is going to score points. And we're pretty sure Arizona State is going to score points. So I'm saying if you're Utah to win your division, 
you know you're going to be a, a solid defensive team, good special teams, good kick game. They always have that. But can you score enough points to win those big games? Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to break down our next um, our games next. But before that, uh, we're really excited about this partnership. Uh, it's called Field of 12 Media. It's a brand new podcast and digital media network covering college football by a lot of really talented people that I think know the game really well. It's brought to you by Shoot Your Shot Productions. They're behind the Field of 68. If you love hoops, you know that. So the Field of 12 is going to give you insight into the game. We all love by people who have lived it and breathed it like ourselves. And when you go to other conferences, you'll see it as well. Trevor Knight and Bryce Petty, they got the Big 12. Joshua Perry and Christian Hackenberg got the Big 10 on lockdown. Max Starks, Clint Sterner on the SEC. We got Harry Douglas and Cody Sensenbaugh on the ACC. And of course, we'll be here every single week in the Conference of Champions talking all things Pac-12 football. So check out all the links below for the rest of the shows. The Field of 12, we like to say where a lot of college football happens. So speaking of happening... Thursday hey, Yogi, night. did it say yes, Conference sir. of Champions in the copy or did you add that? It said it in the copy. Oh, nice. It said okay. it in the copy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so to, to win a conference championship, I think you need to have maturity. I think a couple teams in our league have that. We got the most amount of returning super seniors among any Power 5 league. I'm excited about Arizona State in that regard. After spring ball, I was bullish on them. In the offseason, I was nervous about them. But Ted, after you and I were there for practice, I feel very confident about Herm Edwards' veteran team and the young stars pushing for playing time. With that said, I'm curious your takeaways after watching the Sun Devils practice. So in basketball, it's called the airport test. And to me in football, the analogy I call the eyeball test. So you go out and you watch Arizona State and just look at them. And it's a practice, I understand. but just look at them and watch the players and watch their movement and look at their size and the physical traits. Wow. They really impressed me on the eyeball test size of the receivers, right? Size of the wide receivers, including young man, they got in from Utah, Brian Thompson, Mm -hmm. size of the running backs, both of them that were new last year. And again, last year was such a lost time. You just throw it out, but you could see them some new defensive players. My gosh, the kid, I, I was kept hitting you with my elbow. Look at this <laughs> cornerback, Tommy Hill, who looks like he's going to start as a freshman. It looks like it. I mean, you know, they also have a hundred and whatever, hundred plus returning starts from their secondary. So they have the experience. Plus they've added two terrific freshmen. They've got this young kid Gentry, who's uh, my, my eyeball comp was if I had seen Alden Smith as a college freshman, this is what he would have looked like. Six mm. six athletic, long arms, so a massive disruption to pass lanes, a potential kick blocker. I mean, it's all those kind of things. You look at all these weapons and you go, wow. Uh, you know, I, we we all understand what Arizona State football has hovering over it. If they can keep that, if the actual players and coaches can keep that separate and keep that aside from them, yeah, I mean, uh, it, the South could be a lot of fun this year because I know you're in the UCLA bandwagon. I felt very strong about ASU after watching it. Yeah, I think I think USC, UCLA, and Utah and Arizona State flip a coin in the game. Yeah, you know I think they're that tight. Eric Gentry is who you reference out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania Pride. Uh, his nickname in high school, Ted, was the Freak. Not surprised by that, with how this guy moves. Uh, Mike, Michael, what are you most looking forward to when you look at this game on Thursday night? Outside of, of course, the, the fans and, and us being back together, but w- within the football game. Well, I think. 
it's Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels is all we hear, but I want to see if White and Trainum can do what UCLA did against Hawaii and just Jane Daniels is not going to have to do that much because I think those guys are incredibly impressive. So I, I think I think you're going to see a lot more on the ground, and I can't, after watching uh, Southern Utah and San Jose State, I got to believe that Arizona State can control the game on the ground. By the way, just a shout-out as a TV guy, CBS Sports Network, great job on that game. I'm really, really impressed with their production. Um, but anyway, I think, I think on the ground is going to be key. And I think the other thing you mentioned, the experience – 14 super seniors, which is second only to ASU in the pack. And this is, I don't want to give away the open, but this is such a great number. Chase Lucas, who's been there forever, not Britton Covey forever, but he's been there forever. 20, this will, Miller will be his 28th different quarterback he's defended in his career. How about that number? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's going to be a good graphic. And he's finally a captain. He's got a chance to be the only player ever and will be one of two if they win to beat Arizona every single time he's played them. So we'll see how that happens as we get into the latter part of the season. I can't wait to watch this game for a few reasons. I think the, the biggest one from the football nerd standpoint is Antonio Pierce as the defensive coordinator. Marvin Lewis isn't on the staff anymore on the field. He, he's off the field, but he, he can't necessarily help him call plays. Like, I don't know if they'll need it, and I don't know what halftime adjustments they'll necessarily need, but as the season goes on, I can't wait to watch his football acumen just get released because we haven't seen from a scheme standpoint. I anticipate it being extremely aggressive. I think they're going to try to get after the quarterback. I, I can't wait to watch that one. And on offense, uh, I'm excited to watch some of the tight ends. Curtis Hodges, Jalen Conyers, one of the transfers from Oklahoma, played well in their spring game. Uh, he looked much better to me in fall camp than he did just kind of getting accustomed to the system in the spring. And your reference, Brian Thompson, I think he's brought a maturity to this receiver room that needed it. So he, Ricky Pearsall, and Johnny Wilson will be fun. All right, flipping it over, uh, you referenced CBS Sportsnet. We're all watching it. San Jose State, they played Southern Utah, and they got after them from jump. I mean, the first drive, I felt like they were driving a Ferrari, and I've got a Corolla so I can make the joke, but I felt like Southern Utah was in the Corolla at times. Your takeaway, uh, Michael, we'll start with you. When you watch this game, wh what do you think about the defending Mountain West champions? I think the score could have been even worse because I think they made a lot of self-inflicted penalties and a few mistakes that if they clean those up, they're, they're really formidable. Obviously, they're incredibly confident. I think the one, you know, just watching the game, I didn't have the number, but I looked it up after nine different receivers caught a pass and four different receivers caught a touchdown. That's difficult. That's difficult to get a game plan for. So I think if they can protect the quarterback because USC has got some guys that can get after you on the edge, I think if they can give Starkle time, San Jose State can make this a really close game. We might be talking about those overtime rules that are new this year uh, at the end of that game. That? <laughs> I'm into it. So there you, know you just want a close game. Life I always want a close game with a home team winning. That's the TV yeah. thing. So what we what we have to do, therefore, is make sure Yogi have the barbecue on standby. Okay? <laughs> if it's OT at the Kali uh, on Saturday. But I'll tell you what, I, I, Michael, I, I sign on to all what you just said. And, and being there, and Yogi, you and I were there separate days. I was just there a few days ago. And what I was impressed by, you know, this is a team that won its conference championship last year. The Mountain West plays good football. You're talking about Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno State. They won their league. Nevada had a good year. 
and they have a lot of guys back. They were hungry. I felt that. And, you know, Brent Brennan was in the mix for some jobs and he's back at San Jose state. And I loved his line. This is where I'm supposed to be. Perfect line. And I just felt that way. So, I mean, you know, to step away from the football nerd and just go with a little bit of a gut feeling, watching them for two and a half hours on their field, I was really impressed with the way they went at it. They have some athletic people. They've got some tight ends. That's the position that really struck me uh, watching them in, on practice. And then we saw, uh, I've already watched a little bit to see Derek Deese Jr., son of a longtime NFL player, catching a touchdown pass. They have multiple tight ends, multiple tight ends that can play. And of course, the question in this day and age, I asked when I was there, was, can they block? <laughs> because you know, are we just going to be tight ends? They're receivers, but they told me now they can, they can block too. So, you know, with a quarterback with a lot of, you know, a lot of experience, I, I just have a feeling, that without having seen USC, you guys were there. I haven't seen them, but of course, them not having played a game, um, this just this is not. This is not a first game pushover. This is a game, by the way, that was supposed to be UC Davis and USC. To its credit, you know, let's let's play, you know, up and get a get a, you know, uh, a top level team in there in San Jose State. But I'm not sure they expected San Jose State to be coming off a conference championship. No, I, I agree. I, I look forward. Sam Olson was one of those tight ends who had an awesome touchdown on a yeah. beautifully designed play. Uh, I was really impressed with Tyler Nevins, their running back. Um, he's a thumper. Uh, I look forward to that. The thing I'm one, one of the things I'm most excited about is watching Corey Foreman, right? He's USC's version of Kayvon Thibodeau, number one recruit in the country, signs at USC as an edge rusher. He and Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson is everything that you want out of, I think, a first round type player. He is awesome, Ted. It's going to be so fun to watch him. And then on the offensive side, uh, SC is going to play two redshirt freshmen at both tackles, Cortland Ford and Jonah Monheim, at least what it, what it looks like. And I think they're going to try to run the football. I cannot wait in the air raid to watch Keontae Ingram and Darwin Barlow transfer from Texas and TC respectively be part of this run game, man. So I, I it's, we have so much to talk about. I can't wait to get there. It One name the for best. you. One Joseph Manjack receiver yes. from Texas, yeah. by the way, everybody's from Texas. It seems like in USC, that's the other thing, including all the coaches, but uh, we were, you know, right there and he doesn't wear gloves. So that actually, you know, modified a little bit but every time he caught the ball it just made this this perfect sound there was never there was never anything but yeah. a perfect catch every time the kid got his hand on the ball which he did every time and i think he's the biggest surprise at camp from what i've read and then that i got to see him i see why wait a minute wait a minute joseph manjack right before from from texas so he obviously went to dylan high school played for coach taylor is that right <laughs> with that so. name come on <laughs> that's a good name it's a great name. name. That's awesome. Hey, by the way, guys, big picture, um, Sports Illustrated still puts out a football preview issue, and I just saw it as I was leaving home for New York, and they project ahead of the top 10 players that will be drafted by the NFL come April next, and two of the top five, number one, Kayvon Thibodeau, number five, Drake Jackson. I mean, that gives you an idea, and Remember, we're talking about the pack with its incredible history of quarterbacks and receivers and offensive weapons. And these are two defensive players that are projected by SI to be in the top five picks in the draft. I thought that was very noteworthy. You'll get to see the two best pass rushers in the country back to back on Saturday on Pac-12 Network, Oregon, followed by us. I see. Yeah. 
It, it is fun to uh, to talk that way. Thomas Booker, they kick it off on Saturday against Kansas State. He's another possible first-round draft pick. we got some fun games this weekend. Oregon-Fresno State on our network that Michael just referenced. Big game for the league. I think Oregon State goes to Purdue. UW, they got Montana, and then they go to Michigan. We know what that's all about. Washington State against Utah State on our network. Bob Davey on the call for the Pac-12 network, so lock into that. Jed kicks it off in Las Vegas against BYU. It'll be fun. Uh, Ed McCaffrey, his head coaching debut for Northern Colorado. I think his son Dylan, uh, is is the quarterback for Northern yes. Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, so that'll be an exciting one as well. So a lot of fun games in the Pac-12. Before we get out of here, Michael, it's become our favorite segment and our listeners' favorite segment. So thanks for listening to the first 25 minutes of this. And now will get to the good stuff. The <laughs> humanity moment of the week. I know you got some powerful things to share with us. Well, first of all, Ted, it's going to be a two-parter, but I promise you won't be as long as Monsignor's uh, homily yesterday. That's for sure. <laughs> Even though I got two things to say. Of, but since we last got together for our pod, uh, you know, frankly, we lost the man that brought us all together. Uh, uh, a lot of people might have heard his name because so many different places have uh, given him tributes from Madison Square Garden Network to Big Ten to Pac-12 Network, to NFL Network, Um, Leon Schweier, who, for people who don't understand TV, he's the executive producer, which is kind of like the general manager. And the two places where he came in and really basically started things up, Big Ten Network, and then years later did the same thing in the Pac-12 Network. And, you know, the business stuff aside, I mean, the man was incredibly innovative. He is the person that figured out how to produce a game from the studio rather than going and bring a truck uh, to the side of the stadium, which everybody's doing now. And everyone's saying, wow, we're so innovative for doing this. And, you know, that was Leon's idea and did it 10 years ago. So hats off to that. But I I think more importantly, a great person and a great boss and, you know, things that stick out to me, fair, honest, and something I learned at, at the, uh, the memorial we went to diplomatic without without having to be diplomatic. And I don't, that as a leader, it's amazing when you're diplomatic with someone that you could just say, I'm gonna do it this way, but you listen. And if you don't like the idea, you handle it in the right way. And I I think that's the thing that really jumps out at me. I mean, the one blemish on his record is that he tried to hire Ted three times and did hire me three times, but nobody's (laughs) Mm -hmm. perfect. So that kind of the perfection thought, rest in peace, Leon. Uh, you know, everybody on this call owes you a lot. There's so many people in this industry that owe you a lot and uh, just uh, a sad loss. Um, Perfection. Um, No one's perfect, but I think uh, somebody smarter than me said, the expectation of human perfection is the enemy of reality. And I think we need to remember that as we go into football season, because we should be so happy and excited about this season. Yet the moment the quarterback makes a mistake, the moment the 150 pound kicker shanks one, we're going to be on the message boards going crazy. Uh, the moment the coach loses the game, we're we'll be calling him out. We need to get him fired. Lincoln, are we listening? Um, so as a reminder, players are 18 to 23 year olds. They're going to make mistakes. Let them. Yes, coaches are paid a lot of money. But you know what? They don't have any time to enjoy it. I can tell you that. 
And all the coaches, 99% of the coaches would be doing this no matter what they were getting paid because they love it. And finally, everybody listening, the officials do not have an agenda. I meet with them every week for the last 20 seasons. The only concern the officials have is getting it right. Their goal is the impossible, the expectation of perfection. So please stop and bearing your singing yourself on the message boards and calling the officials integrity into question. It's ridiculous. Nobody cares more about college football than the referees. And nobody, they've forgotten more about college football than anyone out there, including us three, even know. So let's just move on from that. So let's be thankful and appreciate it more than ever. And I'll leave you with this last thought. When watching and supporting your team, try not to let your passion overcome a much more noble human virtue. Compassion. Mm. Well said, Michael. Um, and that Yogi, I feel like I'm a wash in humanity now. That was uh, that was a, a bucket load, but uh, very classy about Leon. And I'll just say this, Leon, we will root for. He's a boilermaker. We will root for Purdue every week except this one. Okay, <laughs> trust me. Yeah. He'll understand. He will. Well said. Well said. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We're excited about this season, uh, Pac-12 adventure. Ted, Michael, myself, we're going to bring you, we think, the best insight in this conference in college football. It's presented by Bet River Sportsbook, and we can't wait to get out to sight. So if you're a fan at Sun Devil Stadium, at the Coliseum, come say what's up. Say hi to us. We want to talk to you. We want to give you a fist bump. We cannot wait to see you and hear you and be there. So it's about that time, Ted. Get your tie. Get ready. Here we go. Games are almost here. Peace. Wait a minute. What, what are you going to do if I have a bolo on Thursday? I'm going to give you a hug, bro. I'm going to give you a huge hug. We're out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.